Welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. My name is Katherine Canty. I am the host and an executive coach. I work with teams, individuals, and leaders to help create measured leadership change. We do that using practical application, and our clients are creating 100% measured results as seen by those around them. Not necessarily what I think or what they think, but what the other people are seeing. And they are being recognized for the hard work that they're doing. If you're interested in learning more about some of the work that we're doing, you can learn more at KatherineCanty.com. I would love for you to subscribe to this show, to Business Vitality. This is my way to continue to pay it forward and share business best practices. Stay tuned and listen to the interview. Thanks for being here. Susan Anderson, you are the Executive Director of the University of South Carolina Board of Dance and the Artistic Director, South Carolina Summer Dance Conservatory. Thank you so much for being here. I'm thrilled to be here. You are. Go ahead. Just that I remember when somebody said, you're going to meet Catherine the Great. And I said, oh, and this beautiful (laughs) angel showed up and I got to see you in all your glory. You're very kind. Thank you. (laughs) I've been so impressed with the work that you've done. And we've been able to work together a little bit over this past year. And your stories are phenomenal. Um, before we get into them, do you mind explaining exactly what you're doing right now, your your various positions that you have and who you're serving? May I talk about the past, which will link me to the the current positions? Those are always the best stories. Yes, you know, they are. I arrived from uh, California with my terminal degree, my MFA in dance from the University of California at Irvine. And I had just married a South Carolinian, a lawyer from South Carolina. And I realized that without dance in my life, the passion would go out of me quickly, the flame. So I knocked on the doors of the university and they said, we have one dance class for you to teach. And it was for uh, PE majors only. And it was modern dance. And all of these tall women came in the room. And, you know, the next semester they added another course and another course and another course. And, and, Pretty soon I was full time. And, you know, you've got to take what, what somebody gives you to open the door. And um, and the rest is history. We have a, a BA that's one of the top three in the country now. I'm the founding director and I have recently retired. But um, and they built me a multimillion dollar dance center and um, we're, we're graduating probably 20 to 30 dance majors a year. and. Along the way, I received many awards and have always been very thankful for that first class I taught. So never close the door. Keep it open. You never know what will happen. I think I think there's so much truth to that. And to be able to, to have a door open up and to just have another opportunity open up and another opportunity. And you just made reference to your multi-million dollar dance center. I think this is a, a pretty pretty amazing story. Do you mind talking about how did this even happen? How does one even begin to plan a multi-million dollar dance facility? That's not the same as football, Susan. Well, it, it, isn't, it isn't, but there were, there were a lot of people watching our dance program. And, you know, we were bringing in New York City Ballet to perform with us. And, and next year we're bringing in Complexions. We bring in world-class dance. And I staged 
uh, happening in a, in the PE center where we were sharing the facility with with um, you know people spitting into the the drinking fountain and um, you know low ceilings where we couldn't do lifts with the dancers without them having to cut their arm on the on the acoustical tiling. So I, Dr. Sorensen, the president of the university, I staged a little happening, a little uh, informants. And and then he saw there was some dripping goose coming out of the wall and that we, we just needed a home. And so the seed was planted and they figured out the funding. And along the way, they showed me one new studio. And I said, we will have outgrown this space before we move in. So I said to the dean, Dean Mary Ann Fitzpatrick, who said to me, you might as well give Susan what she wants because she's going to get it in the end. So I said, we have to have more studios. And she said, we don't have any more money. That's all you're getting. Leave my office. And I said, can I just go out and raise the money? And she said, if you raise half of it, I will fund the rest of it. And she said, you have two weeks to raise a million dollars. And in two weeks, we had the money, the funds. How yeah. do you feel about doing that? that that's yeah. like a unicorn. How do you catch a unicorn, Susan? You catch a unicorn when you hitch your wagon to somebody that knows what they're doing. And I knew nothing about development. So my good friend, Chris Myers and others in development, I said, we've got to make this happen in two weeks. And so they put me in touch with somebody that grew up near where they were going to put the dance facility and she was you know lived over a garage never had music available or dance lessons available and she always wanted to do something for education so i met with her and then the summer dance program was happening in that horrible space and i had all the children sit at her feet and she told them stories about world war ii and and then she called me the next day and she said, you better sit down because I'm going to give you the money. <laughs> so that was it. And then and then others came in and and the funds started rolling in and we have a beautiful facility, state of the art floors, uh, Burishnikov Springs in the floors. Um, and a, a wonderful new opportunity has just happened. We have the Betsy Blackman dance center, a dance program at USC that has just been endowed by Tommy and Jane Suggs for their dear daughter, Betsy, um, who died of cancer about five years ago. And um, with that comes a great deal of attention and merit to the dance program. And, and it's a gift that will continue to give and give and give and give. So you, you, you plant a seed and then you just don't take no for an answer and everything will come to fruition. I'm convinced of it. Tell me a little bit about the Suggs Endowment and how that's going to just continue to create a legacy that's so much bigger than I can even begin to imagine. Well, I, I gave I gave the speech at the big party at, at the Amaritas as the new president of the university was instrumental in making that gift happen, as well as Dean Joel Samuels. And um, when I gave the speech, I remember I had a little backyard dance studio in the beginning. And Jane Suggs, with her little plaid skirt on, I remember it to this day, brought her little beautiful, charming Betsy. 
who was in the fourth grade, and I started teaching her. And then the SUVs were flying to my backyard, and and I knew that we had to start something at the university. I was already a full I'm a tenured professor, and I went to the university. I said I want to start a conservatory for children. And the rest is history. I knew Betsy for 12 years and beyond in her life. Betsy was as close to me as my own child is. And um, she went to the University of, of um, Mississippi and then called me one day and we just had the dance major put into place. And she said, I wanna come back and be a dance major at the university. And so she was with me for several years after that. and then went on to an illustrious design career in interior design. And, and she got sick. So what a gift to get to spend that time with her. And, and you reference a lot with children and, and kind of starting young and, and creating that exposure to that young mind. And it sounds like with, even with Betsy, just being able to create an outlet for children and then it just, it carries them throughout their life, much like what you're saying, you know, you need dance in order for you to just keep, keep doing and keep motivating. Are, are, are there other things that motivate you as well outside of the dance or is it dance that's really? Well, my beautiful family, I have um, a son who, who, <laughs> by the way, the Canty Foundation rebuilt his basement um, <laughs> and, um, and just watching him become a good parent. It's not all about money. It's not all about power. It's about knowing by watching your child what, be a parent to the children. I feel like every student I've ever known is a child, one of my children. My son wrote me a poem once on Mother's Day that said, um, my, mother, my mother has... 10,000 children and they would all like to call her mom, but guess what? I'm the one that gets to call her mom. Isn't that sweet? It is sweet. So anyway, so Betsy was one, one of my beginning students. And I remember we did Peter Pan and we had, I had hired a gold medalist from Russia to be their teacher teaching in the university program. So I believe in excellence at the top. Because if you can motivate, when people see that you're bringing in the very best, they will join your wagon. Mm -hmm. And yeah. What I keep hearing hearing you say, but you, you haven't said it, but I'm, I'm hearing it. There's an incredible amount of collaboration with everything that you're able to create. Do you mind talking, would you talk about collaboration and, and what's working for you and maybe a lesson learned along the way that you've had? Well, uh, I had all these children and I had all these university students and I had the theater department that was willing to build scenery and do fabulous pieces. So I said, I'm Peter Pan. I'm never going to grow up. And so we did Peter Pan as a ballet and it sold out the Koger Center and put us on the map. And uh, again, having Stanislav Isayev, gold medalist, dancing the role of Peter Pan was not um, a bad idea. And then we did Phantom of the Ballet. And anyway, I've just always tried to surround myself. You know, first class people surround themselves with first class people. 
second-class people surround themselves with third-class people. And I always wanted people to be much better than me. I think that was great advice. That is amazing. You also said something before we, before we hit record is turning no's into yeses, and you're very good at it. Would you mind sharing some tips around how do you turn these no's into yeses? So many people give up after they hear no once or twice. Um, and it, it, you have to kind of read that person's no. Get out of my office. I never want you to come in here again. I'm not going to give you what you want this time. And I said, well, I did get it that other time. Now, what did I do to get it that other time? Well, you know, I said, we're going to be a world-class dance program. So we need to surround ourselves with a world-class dance facility. This is the University of South Carolina, the flagship university. I can put us on the map in five years if we have a facility. So um, I've had a few no's that have not ever turned into yeses, but I've figured out what I would do instead, which was easily done. And when I started the dance major, I said, scholarships are key. If we want to be a world-class dance program, we have to attract the best dancers majoring in dance across the country. And it's just like the football coach. You know, you you can't win unless you have a winning group of crop to present. You can only arrange so much, but you have to have the talent. So talent, I remember going to one of your meetings that you had and you had one of the students present. And I was so impressed with their presentation skills. And I really like how, because I wonder, what do you do if you're not going to go on to be a professional dancer? What what is the next career path? And I love the the wellness aspect, the nutrition aspect, the the um, the mindfulness that goes with it. It's such a big need today. And as they presented to the group, they were so well composed. They articulated so well about the importance of taking care of the mind and the body with the nutrition and the exercise. And I just thought, what a beautiful transition from, you know, being a student of dance into how do you um, help society and how do you help the world be a better place? And it really showed with the value of, of that individual that was there to be able to share. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure that all of your dancers are just as talented. And I just thought the quality of the, the students that you have in your program are just, like you said, world-class. There's, there, there, you are, you have the best of the best that are coming in. Well, I, I think we need to recognize Jennifer Deckard as the new uh, Betsy Blackman Dance Program Director. She is, she is beautifully schooled, a fabulous administrator, a great choreographer, a fabulous teacher, but she's also a dance scientist. So she has developed that um, uh, major and uh, many, many students that, you know, may have thought about going on to becoming an, an MD may choose the dance science pathway. And she um, asked Kendall Doyle to come to that meeting to start the fuel station, which is not nice and and um, well well funded by the board and others. So anyway, we're 
we're really pleased that Jennifer Deckard's on board and her husband, Andre Merkadesian, is on faculty. And we now have a chair of the Department of Theater and Dance for the first time that is um, a dance faculty member. And she's a dance education specialist, Stephanie Milling. So, you know, I, I, I had no faculty in the beginning and now there's these stellar faculty that are running the dance program and I get to just sit back and love it. Now I'm kind of curious. You've got a lot of firsts that you've listed. Do you have any more firsts that are on the list of things that you really want to, that you're most excited about right now? Well, my summer program is pretty exciting. Um, but I think I'll, I'll talk about the board first and maybe summer dance we have a fabulous um, contemporary ballet company coming, um, Complexions Dance Company. And yes. they're coming for uh, our fundraiser as well as our students get to dance right beside them and have works created on them. Uh, Jennifer Decker has put in a, um, a residency program in the dance program. And we've also received funding, oh, you know, Again, I went and asked somebody about an endowment and Michael Donkel from the Robert S. Handler Foundation set up a very generous guest artist series so that we can bring in these residents to choreograph and work with our students. But the board has their their annual fundraiser attached to that. And, um, and that's on April the 6th. 2024 at the Coger Center for the Arts. And tickets are 150 a person. And um, most of the funds go for scholarships. And again, scholarships are key. So you have to keep crossing back in to the central mission of the dance program and building the wealth around it. Not only wealth of talent, but funding. So the summer dance program is definitely something I did start 35 years ago that is growing and growing and growing. And children come to the campus to stay in dormitories and study with world-class faculty for three or four weeks. And um, anyway. So that's in July. Is that right? The summer dance conservatory is in July? It is in July. What are the ages of the children that, that come to that? Age, uh, ages 11 through 24, 25. Sometimes college students come to the summer program. It's a way of, it's an intensive. So they dance from eight o'clock in the morning till five o'clock at night. And it's um, a way for them to boost their technique for sure. I mean, we have students from Camden, South Carolina and Sumter, South Carolina and Charleston, South Carolina and as far away as Kenya. Nairobi, Kenya. So it's again, put us on the map. How do you, how do you attract this worldwide talent? Is with it, world, go ahead. With world-class faculty. You, Where you, are you talking to them? Cause I've, I've, I remember coming to see you and we briefly walked around. It wasn't that brief, but we walked around and I thought, oh my gosh, she has people from all over the world coming in here, teaching classes. Talk about that if you don't mind. Well, uh, I, I do a roadmap and, you know, I call these my superstars up here and then the local faculty that are equal, equally stars, but don't cost as much because we don't have to fly them in and, 
pay for their lodging and everything else. But um, I, I, I went to Russia to get certified in the Vaganova teaching syllabus for ballet, which was a, a big deal. I left a two-year-old behind and with a nanny. And my husband said, go, you'll never get this opportunity again. And I have to shout out for my husband, Dr. Einar Anderson, who was a, a musician and an MD, and he knew how important my career was, and he always was my biggest cheerleader. So anyway, so I've been bringing Russian stars over. Um, uh, Raisa Struchkova from the Bolshoi, and it goes on and on, and Irina Kopakova, and then stars from American Ballet Theater and New York City Ballet. But my most recent um, person that I think you met was Valentina Koslova, who, who in the 80s was on tour with the Bolshoi. She was 22 years old and a principal dancer, the top dancer in the company. And she and her husband defected. And to hear that story. Anyway, she's, she's coming in the fall to work with our university dancers also. And so, again, it's cross-pollination. So anyway, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I always learn and I always learn and I always hear a new story. You're you're building a lot of trust with with folks locally, with with folks across the globe. And to be able to have a program as successful as, as you've had, there's there's a lot of trust there. How do you continue to to build that trust? Don't let people down. Follow up on everything. Double read your emails. Um, you need to take care of people as if they were taking care of you. The best you can do. Best food you can give them. The best um, information. Um, high quality arts is not cheap. But they would rather see the highest quality than something that really... Um, you know, is street worthy. So I think it's really important to always follow up with what you're doing and make sure it is absolutely the best. I love that. I love it. Tell me, um, you may have a different point of view than other people and you work with so many personalities and so many different businesses. How do you work with people who have different points of view than what you may have or what they may have? It doesn't always align, but you're able to collaborate and continue to work together. Well, you know, I have a propensity for classical ballet, but I adore really high quality contemporary dance. I, I'm, I'm not fond of groveling on the floor 101, but if that's somebody's aesthetic. I need to encourage them to do the best they can do with that. Uh, I I choreographed um, the Beatles with the, uh, the with Columbia City Ballet, and I noticed this creative genius William Starrett putting all these different choreographers together. And I said, "How is this going to make a ballet?" But, you know, he was really clever in guiding people. So I learned from him. I watched him become the pro that he already is. And, um, yeah, you learn. 
That's the way. You watch people and you try to find the best that they, they can offer and try to steer them in that direction. I love it. How do you, you know, in a, in a time of taking care of your 20,000 children and taking care of, you know, everyone in, in your world for a few years now, right, since you started out, mm-hmm. um, how do you take care of yourself and, and find time to, to recharge so you can be your best? I sleep eight hours a night, no matter what. I don't go out and party very much because that takes energy and time. Um, I exercise daily and I eat really, really well. That's it. And if something bothers me, I let it out. I let everybody know about it. (laughs) Because because if you hold something inside, it is going to affect your psyche and your body and your psyche will affect your body as well. So, yeah, we do have to learn to take care of ourselves. I love that. All right, Susan, if someone wants to learn more about all of this. Oh, I love that. If someone wants to learn more about some of the stuff that you're working on, let's let's say we've got your your South Carolina Summer Dance Conservatory. That's in July of 2024. And then you also have complexions coming for the board fundraiser for the scholarships for the University of South Carolina Dance. That's on April 6th at the Coger Center. What's the best way to, you know, to, to reach out and, and to be able to learn more? And um, curious to hear, how did you find Susan? Find the University of South Carolina Betsy Blackman Dance Program, and there are links to everything. I love it. Awesome. And, um, my email is also susanea at mailbox.sc.edu. And I always answer my emails. That's the other thing. I would I would totally agree. Susan Anderson, you are the executive director of the University of South Carolina Board of Dance and the artistic director of South Carolina Summer Dance Conservatory. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your stories with us. You are welcome, Catherine. And thank you for all you do for the arts and the world. Your mind is incredible. And we all can learn from you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you like it, please subscribe, share this episode or this show with other people around you. The greatest form of a compliment is a referral. I really appreciate them. And if you think that you want to learn more about some of the work we're doing, I encourage you to reach out to KatherineCanty.com. You can schedule a call or just continue to read articles and information that we post out there. Thank you so much for being here. 